What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what are you doing? I'm ready to drink. Oh, Jesus. Why? I don't know, dude. Just am. Um, Why? What's wrong? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Just Talk to me about it. Trying to adult. What can but, daddy uh, help you with? Basically, I just got to put all my emotions into a jar, cap it, then just bury it, bury it, bury it. And then if the dishes aren't done, I'm burning the house down, you know? Not because it's her fault, but uh, that's what happens. You just let it boil and then be a man. Do you have insurance out in the house at least? Yeah, of course there's okay, homeowner's good. insurance. Well, then the house burned down by accident. I mean, fire's a covered peril. I don't know if arson is, but I don't <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The house burned down by accident. You didn't start anything. Sure. You didn't throw the cigarette in the garbage can full of papers. You mean the cigar? Hell yeah. Goodness. Yeah, I actually have to... Uh, so my buddy, one of my buddies moved back home to Buffalo from... A different state. He was way out west for work. Oh, cool. So I'm seeing him tomorrow. You change, you're changing lights, bro. Oh, yeah. Didn't mean to do that, but we're going to roll with it. A little pink today, huh? Well, it's not. I don't even know if it's going to catch it. It's not even... Oh, I'm sure it will. How about that? Nailed it. All right. Continue your story, friend. The uh, So I got to see him tomorrow night after work, so I'm fired up for that. That's fun. Yeah. Well, uh, when this episode releases, you're going to be uh, basically getting ready to go down to Maine or go up to Maine. Yeah. Fired up. It's yeah. going to be a long 10 days. But it's going to be a fun 10 days, right? Like all the stressful parts done for the most part, correct? Or it's, no? it's been for like a year. Yeah. Hashtag postponement. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're excited. We're fired up. Honestly, I just want to get there. So uh, big news in my life for the weekly recap. I got rid of my truck. Boop, boop. Uh, I got a dad mobile. I got a 2021 Blazer. With I still don't believe it. Six miles. I know. But uh, yeah, so I'm excited to, to take that whip up to Maine. Nice little reliable brand new vehicular. Why'd you do it? Endeavor. I, I, if there was anybody in my life where someone was like, we're going to 
get rid of our truck and get an SUV. I would not have pinned that on you. Never. Why? But it made sense. Uh, the truck needed some maintenance. It also needed brand new tires. So because it needed new tires and some maintenance um, inside the wheel assembly, it made sense for me to take the trade-in value, which was ungodly high, uh, just because of the current market with no trucks available at all. Um and then get into something new that had no maintenance issues at all, a better warranty, and just a better auto loan in general. So I basically swallowed my uh, my pride and made the financially responsible move for the long term. So, I mean, realistically, the wife can take over this loan in a couple years, and then I can go out and get another truck. It's not a big deal, but... You're gonna, you want a truck again, though? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always a reason for a truck and a truck is one of those things that once you have it, you miss it when it's gone Mm -hmm. just because that's how it is. Um, having an eight foot bed is just a game changer in the life of being a man. So yeah, it's very practical, but it is what it is. So I'm just ready to get to Maine. And then right after Maine, I'm home for half a day working Basically, really? Yeah, I got to work that Friday because I come home on a Thursday. So I'm there Thursday to Thursday. Then I come home for a day and I work because I'm not taking that day off because vacation time with the honeymoon and everything else. So I have to work that day. So I'm working and then I'm leaving after work and then driving downstate to the biggest apple of all apples <laughs> and uh, staying in Long Island for a mega fan's wedding. So I'm gone for that weekend, and I then mean, I come home let's Sunday. Let's clarify: he's your friend before he was a fan. Like we're not getting hit up to go attend fans' weddings. Like he's your friend. He's our mega fan, but it's Correct. not like Correct. he reached out to us like, "Hey, Mike, I listen to the podcast all the time. I want you to come to my wedding." Like, it wasn't like that. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Good. Him and I deployed together. Sure. So there's there's a very serious relationship there prior to the podcast forming. Uh, but yeah, so. I'm fired up for that. It's going to be a really good time staying at his house. I would have just just take the day off, man. Just drive from Maine down. It's so much easier. I I, I can't though because I got the dog, I got the wife, oh, yeah, that's true. Got I the got all the too. stuff. I got to drop it all Sam off anyways you? to Maine. Yeah, of course. What are we gonna do for a week and a half? I don't know. I yeah, just watch him. No, dude, he's in the wedding. Oh really? Yeah, that's our little fur baby, man. He's got to be. He <laughs> loves Maine. Swims, hangs out, picks up sticks with me in the morning before everybody else is awake. How does he do on the drive down? He's fine. He sleeps. Really? Yeah. And then obviously we stop once or twice, let him out. But no, he does. He's great in the car. When you had the truck, did you take the truck up whenever you go to like vacations or anything with Sam? Or, no. No. The furthest I drove the truck, I went to Albany and then I went to Tupper Lake in the truck, but he wasn't with me. I was alone. And that was the furthest I drove in the truck um, outside of work, which for work, I I had the truck during the pandemic, so I think I put 40, 42, yeah, 42 to 45,000 miles on my truck during the pandemic because of work. I didn't get out of my truck. All I did was drive. I was so busy at work. What were you doing in the truck? Like, I, I would hauling, get so bored. Well, I mean, I was just hauling stuff for work. Um, so I would listen to podcasts, listen to music have epic dance parties, but I'm so used to that, that now it's just kind of, if I don't have to drive more than 20 minutes, it's like a blessing and a godsend. Yeah. And it doesn't even feel like I drove anywhere. 
So I think that's partly why, too, I'm always at early to things because I'm like, it takes half an hour to get there. Sure. So I'm just so used to sitting for 30 minutes to drive anywhere when it's realistically a 12-minute drive. Dude, back when I used to work at in Rochester and like Syracuse every once in a while – I enjoyed it for like the first two times, but then I just got so sick of it. Like there's only so much music you can listen to before you're recycling the same albums and you want to drive off the road. Correct. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. I just basically stick my head out the window like Ace Venture and try to catch some flies and see if that keeps me awake at least for a half mile. Do you play any games when you are driving? Like how many red cars can I spot? I don't know. Do people play games anymore when they drive? Maybe with their kids, but no. You're a kid. I know. I, 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 how many mailboxes are from here to Albany? I don't know. I just plan. Like, I mentally get lost in my thoughts. Obviously, I'm cognizant. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm <laughs> cognizant while driving, but I'm, I'm basically planning my next move, whether it's financial or in life or just um, reaffirming goals that I had, things like that. What are your next moves? Let's get deep today. Oh, my goodness. Um, well... I feel like this podcast is just, like, we interview small businesses, but then the weekly episodes, I just interview you. Like, people are people know so much about you. What are your goals? <laughs> no, I asked you what first. What the hell you want to do, huh? <laughs> I asked you first, man. Move. Go for it. Definitely sell the house, move into the woods somewhere. I don't know. We'll see. I mean... I can tell that this is a stressful topic for you. I'm just, dude, I'm ready to drink, man. And it's just sitting there staring at me. I'm just, Realistically, we're still two, three years out from selling the house, which is fine. No big deal. Bathroom's going to get done in September, so I'm fired up for that. Once that's done, the, the resale on the house is going to skyrocket. So it's definitely worth every penny. Mm-hmm. But I had a dead animal on my wall. Where? I don't know. Which house? Here. Seriously? Yeah, like two days ago. It smelled rancid in my dining room. And it was just like a decomposing rat, I'm assuming. I don't know. We didn't find it. So now it's just in there, just chilling. Well, hold on. How do you know that's that's what it is? It's a very distinct smell. That animal is very distinct. And it was for like four days. Is it gone? Yeah, now it is. How? It just decomposes. That's the the life cycle, man. It didn't get rigor and is now in there because of a drunk driving accident. It just died. It takes longer than four days. To decompose. Depending on what animal you are. If you're a little squirrely squirrel or a rat or a mouse, maybe not. You might want to explore that. Eh, I'm not taking out walls to find nothing. If I, okay, so I have a smell. If I start punching holes through walls and I don't find them, I'm going to be pissed. I'm not, just, smell's gone, I'm done. We're good. We're moving anyway. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what in the world? I bet you didn't guess that turn, huh? No. No. Speaking of which, dude, um, on lunch today, I went on to Zillow because it's probably the worst habit that I have in the history of the universe. And there's lots for sale now, hmm. like land. So uh, Where you want to go? Everywhere. There's a lot of land available. Some of it's kind of overly priced, but then some of it's not bad at all. Do you think it's because of financial suffering during the pandemic and people are trying to get out from some of their assets? I hope. I hope. And they'll sell cheap. Dep- you know, cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> Depending on what it is. I mean, there's there's a couple lots. And then there was also just a couple other places that it was like a $400,000 house that was listed. And you looked at it. And it was a complete dump and vacant. And I'm like, how is this house 400 grand? That doesn't make yeah. any sense. And then you realize it's sitting on 40 acres. So they're essentially expecting you to just bulldoze the house, keep the land, and then sure. build on it. I don't know. It's nuts. I think what most people don't realize is how expensive it is to build in, first of all, New York, but secondly, 
to build in general because if your land is not paid off, you have to roll the remaining balance of your land into your mortgage. So if you build a $400,000 house and you have $300,000 on your land lot remaining, then you have a $700,000 mortgage mm-hmm. plus taxes. God bless. On all that land. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. So the property tax isn't going to be too bad, but when you have a $700,000 overall mortgage that includes your house and property and school tax, it's it's just... Right. Bless it. Yeah. You better... You How better much you, that out. This is going to kind of be... And I, I have to learn to phrase questions to you differently because of the whole, it's necessary response. So I have to make sure that I don't ask stupid questions, even though this is going to be a stupid question. How much land is too much land for you to buy? Like realistically... Would you buy 20 acres? Yes, without a doubt. No questions 100 asked. 100 acres. Like, how much is too much land? Because there's also an aspect of, I mean, you're different because you would hunt in your backyard and do all that stuff. Correct. But, like, for me, I, don't, I wouldn't buy more than maybe 10 acres. Really? Yeah, because I don't have any need for it. I don't want to maintain it all. Yes. It's a lot of friggin' work, man. But, again, it depends on what it is. If there's woods and you own them, you don't maintain that. I mean, we well, shouldn't if, if you're in California. To a, hashtag well, wildfires. To a degree, out here you would maintain it just because you could log it, you can regrow it. You want to basically kill the, you know, if you have like a dead ash tree, you want to get that out. If there's beech wood, you want to get that out. Um, yeah, and see, like I wouldn't know what to do. Like ten acres is just like that would be my absolute max. And the only reason why I'm saying ten acres is because there's a house in Hamburg that is on eight acres, and I would love to live there. Outside of that, nothing. Yeah, I mean, the most that I would do is probably 50 acres, but I would, dude, I would love 10 to 20 acres. Love it. And my house would be in the middle, and I would just hope that the acreage doesn't go straight back in one Mm -hmm. little line. It's all-encompassing, and then I can just put my house right in the middle. Kind of like when our party that we were at over the weekend, the guy behind the house that was living there, the area behind it, they said that he was smack dab in the middle with five acres all around him. Yeah. That's, that's pretty sick. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. Because then you can, you're not worried about neighbors. You have your own little lot. You can do what you want with it. Wouldn't your kid to be socially awkward though if you don't have neighbors? No. Like dude. I feel like the way that I grew up was being social around people in like a cul de sac. Like that's, that's a level of socialization that you don't get if you live out in the country. That's why people out in the country are racist and all that shit. It's because they don't get socialized with people. You know how many people that I know that are from the country that are super social? Well, I understand that, Mike. It's but also, also because, people. too, in Buffalo, yeah, I mean, if you're talking like the outskirts of the Carolinas, yeah. like, yeah, for sure. But in, in western New York, that's not a thing because of the public school system. You can live in the sticks and then still go to a great school district. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that's where you socialize is the public school bus. That's where you, that's where you learn. Oh yeah, that's where you learn what the real world is. But sometimes the school districts are, districts are suspect too. Once you get out there, like there's some weird school districts, man. Like what? Bring your lawnmower to school day. It's like what are you? Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, God, nothing runs like a deer, brother. <laughs> that's it. You get to school. My, my school had that. And like bring your snowmobile to school day. It's like, yeah. all right, can we stop? Yeah, your school had like a cult following with Native Americans. Where's Clarence? Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> Where's Clarence? <laughs> There's some sticks yeah. in Clarence too. Yeah, I know. 
McLaren Center's out there, man. But like, you got a small airport. That's about it. But don't you remember growing up? Like, you had friends around your your mom's house, and you were playing with them and stuff like that. Yeah, like you don't have that if you're sitting on fifty acres, smack dab in the middle. Your kid isn't going to walk twenty five acres to go hang out with his friend. It's not going to happen. You know what I did when I had my friends? We went to my direct neighbor's house and stole his tractor and drove it into the barn. That's what we did. Yeah. Well, there's not anybody around you for like 45 minutes if you have that much acres. So <laughs> you're not going to do that. There's there's places, man. There's places. I just – when I leave work, I don't want to talk to anybody or deal with anybody. I just want to go to my little compound and but live my life. But your kid's going to want to. Your child will want to. My kid's fine. My kid's going to be Kelly. They're going to be born with social norms inside it. Plus, they got me screaming at them. They're going to be fine, you know? <laughs> They're going to want to be around people just for the security aspect of <laughs> I you. I, well, probably, you know? <laughs> you know? Man up. Be a man. So 50 acres would be your most? Yeah, I would yeah. say 50 acres is my max. But we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I also have to deal with the wife. She doesn't necessarily want all that craziness. Yeah. You know? What does she want? Like 8, 10 acres. Yeah. But in the South Towns. Gina so, wants, like, village. Yeah, no. So we're going to have to compromise there. We're already compromising. We're talking about um, getting some acreage out, but where you – it's like a five-minute drive to the village of Hamburg. That's what we're thinking. You know what I would like? House and then a hunting cabin somewhere far out. Like – So a house on 75 acres and then a hunting cabin on, like, 175 acres? Well, that'd be sweet too. But I'm saying, like, live, live in, like, a – you know – a suburb, but then have a cabin way out, mm-hmm. you know, like middle of Franklinville or something, yeah. like out that way. Arcade, Freedom. Like a hunting cabin or an actual like chill well, it cabin? Would, it would be a – I mean, you can make hunting cabins really nice. I've been in them. Not if you're Ron Swanson, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking too damn much. <laughs> um, I don't oh, know how much glass. was on your mind. Oh, what my God. Doing? I put it in my water glass. God, what do you knew? Where's your nail gene? Put that in there. I'm, congratulations on pronouncing it correctly Thanks, for dude. once. Here. Such a nerd. Why does it smell like perfume? Because well, a woman made it? Yeah. Cheers, Brad. Cheers. It Honestly, it doesn't, it doesn't smell like perfume, but it does have many floral notes. What is going on? Dude, so. Hold on. You, you had a beep. I got a. I got a drink. Let me just get the the small dash out of the mm-hmm. wrong glass. Note, uh, there is no water in my water glass, so just uh, a single malt today. Oh, yeah. All right, so I'm supposed to drink this, and the only thing you told me is what? It's it's French. It's French. Not a lot of peat. It's a single There's malt. No peat. No peat. It's a single malt. And so single malt, just means, single malt just means that it's from malted barley made from one distillery. I'm tracking that. Yeah. Well, now the viewers are. But Absolutely. I'm, um in regards to what you've told me leading up to this episode, because I didn't know what we were drinking. Yeah. Single malt from France, uh, woman made it, no peat, and floral. Those are the only things you told me about yeah. it. Okay. It's not a typical whiskey whatsoever. All right, so what were we talking about? So, yeah. Uh, you're hunting cabin. It, yeah, yeah. So you can have a nice hunting cabin, but... I don't think you would. I would. I would at least have, like, plumbing, like indoor right. plumbing, a bathroom with a shower, and then from there, you know, a stove. So if you had a hunting cabin, how much around your cabin would you have manicured, like, living area? Like, 
oh, acre or two max, yeah. and then it would be woods. But then how would you get up to there to mow it all the time? Well, all that would be there. You would have a shed with right. like a rider. But if you're or you're not going out to Franklinville every three days in the spring to mow it down. Well, you wouldn't. You would just do it in the season, and then you would spend time up there. You know, it's not it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's all based on vacation time too. But that would be one of the one of the like opening season. You're there for like five days. You know, and then you would just periodically go up and take care of would it. Would you ever crazy. like? Would you ever quote live there for? A month or two and commute back to work. I know a guy who's actually doing that. He's retiring in Florida. And then when it's like half of spring, all of fall, and I think think he's going to do summer too. He's at his hunting cabin in Franklinville. Hmm. And then in winter, he's shooting down to Florida and then staying in Florida. But that guy's like super outdoorsman, been there for... The land has been in his family's name for like three generations, and then his kids are taking it over after him because he's in his fifties. But yeah, I mean that—that's kind of ideal too. Would you ever get in, like, with you being kind of more outdoorsy, obviously, than I am? Would you ever get into like farming and getting to a point where you're living off of your land? You mean like farm? farm like a real farm or do you mean just kind of using your land for certain aspects no because like i would farm like getting farm, cows farm, no. and pigs and stuff like that no, no i wouldn't do that but i would a hundred percent plant things yeah um and then grow my own tomatoes potatoes herbs and then different spices vegetables people think that that's kind of like a feminine thing to do but i don't think there's anything more manly than growing your own cilantro you know i mean Dude, you're self-sufficient. Right. That's a that's an alpha move. Exactly. But people think that it's feminine because they hand all the flowers. Gina just went to go pick up all flowers and plants and stuff today to do the whole front. Yeah. But I'm like, listen, we're going to do like thyme, cilantro, basil, potatoes, jalapenos, like all that stuff. I want to do all that stuff. But I don't want to build it out here because I don't know how long I'll be here for. Well, you know, yeah, there's there's ways around that. And I got too many deer right now, that, and I don't have a controlled area to not bring the deer in. I get deer everywhere. Here. You would have to build a an herb and vegetable garden, exactly. And I don't want to do that here if I'm not staying here. So, it's not that bad. It's just, oh well. To be fair, you would need lumber. Yeah, so God bless. So it's going to be about seventeen thousand five hundred sixty-six dollars by the time that I'm done with it. Correct. You might as well just buy cameras. Yeah, or a new car or something. Right. Right. But yeah, yeah so you wouldn't go that far. You wouldn't have like animals and stuff. No, that's too much work. I've always wanted a horse, but that's different. That's for, like, pleasure, not, like, raising mm-hmm. cattle, going out there with a sheepdog, you know? Yeah. Like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to go churn my own butter. I'm not going to wake up with the sun and then complain about <laughs> the harvest. Now. I mean, yeah, but that's different. I wake up to go work out to then go to work, not because I have no time after work. It's not I'm waking up to then till a field all day, <laughs> you know? There's something admirable though about that i wish i was yeah we wouldn't have food if those people didn't do it i wish i was more able to do that go ahead go volunteer i can't i don't have any time first of all i work like 70 hours a week Eh. Eh. you also Eh. wake up like you know after the sun not really poser yeah okay i wake up (laughs) at six o'clock it's easily earlier than most people but yeah um i don't know if i would 
want like cattle and everything. Like, that'd be weird. That's too much maintenance. If I was in the Carolinas or Tennessee, I 100% would yeah. have like one or two just because you get an insane tax break. Granted, you still do in New York. It's just different down there. Even one cow, you save thousands. Yeah. It's great. You should advertise that instead of Geico. One cow will save you $50 or more on your car insurance every month. Could you imagine? You know what's interesting is Geico's territory is prelimin- uh, primarily the Northeast. Like everybody in New Jersey has Geico. Oh, really? Yeah, it's nuts. But they get the best rates. That's where they're at. So yeah. we'll see. Got a little Geico talking to you. I'm when's interested. A, when's the last time you quoted your homeowner's insurance to see if you can save money? Never. Do they rec- don't they recommend you do that like every couple of years? I think they do that for car insurance too. Like you should really be shopping all the time. But mm-hmm. there's something about being with the company for so long that you just kind of hope that they're treating you right and giving you the best rates. Well, I just recently shopped homeowners and I could have saved like $600. Really? So. But would deal. you really have like saved that much? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? You would have just spent it elsewhere. No. No, no, no. God, yeah. No, no. You would have. Not me. I already spent the money that I could be saving. I know. Seriously. I'm way too frugal for all that. It's fine. That's why we work well together. Well, I've been quoting my car insurance and my – when I used to have the bike, I was doing that a lot because I was switching vehicles all the time. So it was just like, hey, what do you got for here? And then I'd reach out to Allstate or something and be like, hey, what you got here? Mm -hmm. But I'm not actively like, hey, it's been three years. What about this address? Does this still make sense? Right. I don't do that. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. The next, I would say, three years are going to be pivotal yeah. in in life. So we'll just keep grinding. Hell yeah. Hopefully we get like three more subs in, then, in that time frame. Probably not. I made a goal by the end of April to hit 300 subscribers, and it's the end of May, and we still haven't. So people clearly hate us. Well, it's June 1st, yeah, and no. we're five away. Exactly. It's fine. So nailed it. Well, we were five away by the time this airs. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, seven away. Yeah, probably. Uh, so what did we do this weekend, man? We had a fun time. We had a whiskey tasting out in Eden yeah. with our friends over at Crooked Lamppost Brewing. Again, thank you so much for that invite. We did have a good time. Uh, there was a neighborhood block party that was out in Eden. We got invited to do a whiskey tasting for that event. Most of the two neighborhoods that are next to each other are musicians. So they have a massive festival mm-hmm. i guess you would call it West where Fest, man yeah where they have uh, musicians and a couple different vendors there's you know obviously quick lamppost brewing with the beer we were involved with the whiskey and then they brought in another guy from rochester who was friends with one of the uh neighbors inside that neighborhood uh who makes his own pickles Which so were delicious really good so expect something with him in the near future regarding an interview uh so we're excited for that so we showed up, had our own table, tablecloth. If you've seen it on Instagram, it was a good time. We had four to five different representations of whiskeys to choose from, one of which was Irish whiskey, authentic Irish whiskey, and then three local options. We had four. Um, and then really good food, really good people, really good music. And it was just a nice evening. Uh, we got there at about 3, 3.30, set everything up, and then we stayed until about 8 o'clock and Shot home and that was it. Oh, yeah. People had a nice little tasting event with us. So that was fun. Really good time. Felt official doing it. Did you? It's, we talk about this all the time. It's crazy how much we know about all this stuff that we don't give ourselves credit for. Because we can talk at nauseam about the, especially the four products that we had there. Yeah. We could go on rants. And we were in front of an audience that was 
asking questions that were relevant to what was on the table. Mm-hmm. And I think that changed the dynamic too, because it was just another way for us to showcase that off the top of our head, we did know everything that they wanted to know, basically, which was kind of strange because sometimes you get asked questions and then you hesitate like, oh, what's the answer to that? But right. they were asking questions that were, you know, on average, slightly more difficult questions if you didn't know anything about the industry. And we were able to off the top of our head because we work with all the people um, and then our own research with this R&D every week oh, yeah. uh, to answer the questions for them on the spot. And then just their faces were like, how the hell did you know that? It's like, what did you like to know? Yeah. I studied it from Kentucky State and Thief Society. <laughs> I got a book. It's just crazy. I got a book for you to read. Yeah, I have literature for you to read. But yeah, no, it was a good time. I'm excited. That was the second one we've ever done. Uh, the first one was up in Wilson, New York. So if anybody wants us to do any kind of tasting, reach out to us and then we can see if it fits. We do have a busy schedule and we definitely do not want to drive all over God's creation. However, it is a great way for us to showcase local spirits and then provide you guys kind of a custom uh, experience in regards to tasting to see what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. Again, you're not going to hurt our feelings, but um, but yeah. And then just so you know, if we do do that and we do show up, no, we cannot sell you the bottle. Uh, that's super illegal. So stop asking and uh, go to <laughs> go to a liquor store and buy it there or go to the distillery itself and directly support them and buy a bottle there yeah so we can really tailor the what whiskey we bring to your event if you wanted us to do like the differences so part of our stave and thieve certification was to be able to build a flight and to talk to people about the differences between each whiskey so you can do it between the single brand like three chord is a a huge friend of ours and we could do a three chord tasting where we have their blended bourbon their amplify rye strange collaboration whiskey like we can bring everything that they have and talk to you about the differences between each bottle or we can do like a classification difference where we bring scotch we bring french whiskey we bring bourbon we bring rye it's just we can do really whatever you guys want us to do and this is something that we've been talking about that we want to put out there is that this is something that Mike and I want to do for people if they want to have us because it's something that we're super passionate about. We know that whiskey is getting more popular as time goes on for some reason. Uh, And this is just a good way for if you guys do have some uh, idea of doing this, bring in two guys that know what they're talking about and we'll sit and talk everybody's ear off. That's one thing I will say is we're very friendly people. When we're out in public, like there are some people that know us that watch this, but we're not those like bums that are sitting away from everybody and right, like not talking. Like we're well, a riot. You know, I mean, our going rate's ten thousand dollars an hour. Correct, so yeah. obviously, we're, pay for these cameras somehow. Right. So you know, we we <laughs> got to make sure that people are uh, are getting the best from us. Yeah. But but no, honestly, um, first of all, we're not ten thousand dollars an hour unless you want us to be. We're not going to say yeah. no. Yeah. But, you tell us your price, and then we'll see where how high we can go. Seventy-five cents an hour, <laughs> yeah. uh, which you know, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So typically, it's twenty-five cents. So the, uh, but yeah, we're we basically just want to make sure that everybody's happy, content, and drunk safely. So we're we're here for you guys. That's all we got. Yeah, we know how to do it now since we've done a couple. That's right. Oh yeah, that's right. So talking about the different types of whiskeys, we got an interesting one here today, friend. What is this, dude? Because it it's not. It's not what I expected by any means. Right. When I bought this, I was like, ooh, when I tried it for the first time. And as I'm continuing drinking this, I'm like, this is good. This is – it has a good flavor to it, but I'm not sure I would buy another bottle of it. Agreed. This is something that you have on your bar 
is a discussion point. You can pour somebody a small pour when they ask for it, and then it goes back on the shelf. Right. I don't know if I would ever buy this again. So for everybody listening, Bren whiskey is a French single malt. And when you get into the classifications of different whiskeys, the term single malt means that it is made from malted barley and it's distilled at one single distillery. So when you get blended malts, that doesn't mean multiple types of malt. It means that it's from different distilleries. So the term single malt itself does not specific is not specific to Scotland or scotch. You have French single malts. You have um, Japanese single malts. You have American single malts. All these different types of, cla- of whiskey throughout the world can be called single malt as long as they're made in one distillery with, with malted barley. So this one in particular is Bren, and uh, yeah, we can get into it about the history. So this retails for $54.99, and I picked this up at Addie's Wine and Spirits. So when we went to Addie's, whenever I go there, I don't go there as much. I go there a good amount of times because I can't go there every day or else I buy a new whiskey every day. Every time I go, I allow myself to buy one whiskey. So I can't go like every day or else I'll be broke. I mean, I'm basically broke now, but I can't go there every day. Right. Um, last time I was there, I got Arbelor, which we talked about during the um, space side section. And when I was there... I knew I wanted to pick up a space and I saw this and I'm like, ah, you know, I've never tried French single malt and I want to break away from the traditional scotch, bourbon, whiskey, Irish whiskey. I wanted to break away from that for a little bit because there's so much the rest of the world has to offer that I would never get. Like, I don't know if I would buy or order a drink of a dram of this at the bar, you know? Correct. Like if we go to a bar and this is on there, I wouldn't select that. So, which is kind of opposite. Like, I would think that you would want to buy a $9 shot rather than a $59 bottle, but whatever. Who cares? So, anyway, it came in a box, which is my big thing when I look at new whiskeys is because if I am going to shell out some money, I want something to remember it by, and this as a box. So, anyway, last time I was at Eddie's, I was like, you know what? I want to pick this up next time, and I did. So, company background. This is made of 100% unique organic seed-to-spirit whiskey. So, they basically are priding themselves on not a farm distillery, but that same process where they're growing everything right outside of the distillery, bringing it in and making it with that. So, Bren is a, crafted at a third-generation farm distillery located in Cognac, France, which has been producing Eau de Vie since the 1920s. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, I took French from like 8th to 11th grade, so I'm basically going to nail all these pronunciations. Don't worry. So our whiskey begins in the field of cognac with its famous mineral-rich soils and mild microclimate. Every ingredient is sourced locally, 100% organic, and non-GMO. Bren is fully certified organic by both the EU and the USDA standards. Two types of heirloom barley grown on the estate are the starting point for Bren. After malting, a proprietary strain of yeast that has been in the distiller's family for generations is added for, for fermentation, creating a beautifully floral mash. That yeast is also the same yeast that they're using in cognac in France as well. So cognac, if you didn't know, is a region of France. It's not just brandy. That's why they call it cognac is because it's made in the cognac region of France. The more you know. All right. So founded by former ballerina turned whiskey entrepreneur Allison Park, Bren was started with Allison's small life savings and a big dream to show terroir, a sense of place in the smell and taste, is possible when making great single malt whiskey. 
Bren is made in the countryside of French region of Cognac. She created Bren from seed to spirit with a third generation Cognac maker at the family farm distillery in the heart of Cognac, France. First released in New York City in 2012, which is interesting. It wasn't released in France at first. It was released in New York City at first. The award-winning whiskey embodies the elegant nature of its French terroir and brings a completely new style of French single malt whiskey to the rapidly emerging world whiskey segment. Allison self-distributed the first bottles of Bren via a city bike, so Citibank, the bikes that you ride around, like you can rent the bikes in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. She first distributed that by a city bike in Manhattan. So she was riding around with boxes of Bren in like the little basket, Mm -hmm. delivering it to different liquor stores and asking them to sell it. Interesting. Yeah. So placing the product on the shelves of the city's top establishments and retailers. The flagship Bren estate cask sold out within two months and Allison expanded distribution then to 35 states and France over the next few years. Her second expression, Bren 10, was introduced in October 2015, only about 300 cases of the limited edition 10-year-old single malt whiskey was available each year. So on the March 8th of 2017, International Women's Day, Allison signed a partnership deal to align the brand with the distributor group across all the country. Today, Brent is sold in all major markets and in top bars around the world. The name Brent is the French term for Brent, which refers to young sprouting barley. The inviting blue color of the label is the color of the doors at the original place that they now distill in. So that's kind of where that color came from. And honestly, this is a very attractive looking bottle. It is. And I respect the grind that was conducted. Hell yeah. So uh, I talked about the proprietary yeast strain they use in single malt whiskey. It's the same yeast used in created cognac. And the water is used, uh, the water used is sourced locally from Chateau River. Uh, this is then twice distilled in an Alembec, Alembec Charon still, creating a fruit-forward new-make spirit that pairs perfectly with the floral notes of the starting mash. So they're not using a traditional pot still or a column still to distill this. It's a completely different process, which, again, is very interesting. And they're just like, you know what? I don't care what we know about whiskey. As long as it has water and some sort of cereal grain in it, we're doing it. That's basically what they said. Uh, quite quite a departure from the new make created on pot stills, uh, the classic choice for t- traditional single malts. So Bren is the world's first single malt aged exclusively in both French limousine oak barrels and cognac casks. So this isn't aged in oak. This isn't aged in American oak barrels at all. This is just strictly French limousine oak er, barrels and cognac casks. I wonder how they got the tasting profile they did yeah because it, it it's got to be from t- the wine it tastes different man yeah it's got to be from the cognac mm-hmm. and it's got to be from the the barrel because i mean this is made with two different types of barley and it's just still twice but did you say how long it's aged for no it didn't say okay i don't think so at least actually i want to say three years three to five years i don't know if these places like you know, Irish whiskey and scotch has to be aged for three years in their country. I don't know if that's the same for, like, these other places. The wannabes? Yeah. Like the French? Yeah, like the French. Like the – there's an Indian or Indian uh, single malt out there, too, that I really do want to try. Um, but, yeah. So, it's very interesting. Um, it has a completely different taste than I thought it was going to. No kidding. I thought that this was going to be your traditional, like – Irish whiskey. Well, 
Let's rate this thing. Let's do it. How much time are we in? 30? 38. Did you hit it twice? There it is. Yes. Label branding A+. plus For me. I like the color. I like the packaging. Uh, the packaging automatically boops it up to... Boops. Boops. Uh, up to an A. And then it has a actual cork as well. So for me, that gives it the plus and then just the overall color scheme and packaging of it. It is it is pretty. It's nice. It is. They so. did a good job. I, I like this color. I like the blue and I like the gold in the blue and how that gold kind of matches the color of the whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's very consistent from bottle to box. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's beautiful. And it's got a fleur de lis on the front, which is cool too. Like the New Orleans Saints. I'm pretty sure the New Orleans Saints were the first people to get a bottle of this. I'm just kidding. Don't look that up. All right. Um, so A, you're saying? A plus. A plus. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Nose. What do you... What, uh, all right. So, Jesus. Nose, I'm getting um, floral notes. Don't ask me which one specifically because couldn't tell you, but something floral. You know what I'm getting? I'm I'm getting um, the smell after a dental cleaning. Okay, I like that a lot. I'm getting you know those gum that are like pink squares and they become hard after like four chews. Yes, like the bubble gum square. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting on the nose. Yeah, I'm with you. And then you can kind of get like a like a strawberry. Like a strawberry gum. I don't know if they make those types of gum. It, it smells like gum and fluoride. Yeah. And then you you kind of get some ethanol senses. If that makes any sense in the world, probably not. But you it, like it kind of singes your your nose a little bit. So you're like, oh, okay, it is in fact alcohol. It's only eighty proof too, so it's pretty light. Yeah. Um. But that's about it on the nose. Nose. Um. I mean. A B? B, yeah. I agree, I agree. Initial taste. I agree times three. That's what you say when you're lazy and you don't feel like texting me. I agree, I agree, I agree. Because we do text each other these same things that we talk about on the podcast. Because we're pathetic. Yeah, we are. But yeah, I just do, I agree, X3. Um, I hate it. It bothers me every single time, but you still do it. Whatever. All right. So, A, no, we said B for the nose? Yeah. Initial okay. taste, you're getting the gum. Like the... Uh, that old school yellow wrapper, little small cylinder brick of gum that you would get in like a pinata or some really cheap neighbor on Halloween. Yeah. You're we- getting like a light or a ripe uh, strawberry too. To me. This is so interesting. In a sense, I can see where you're going with that. Yeah. I actually had strawberries in my yogurt parfait today on lunch and it was parfait all right well anyway so what are you giving this for a rating b again b yeah okay. i wouldn't go any higher than a b all right uh ending note nothing not really no you get the after- aftertaste of gum and fluoride <laughs> and then it dissipates there's a very 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 small burn it's an extremely high hug, sits in the back of your throat. It the burn, and well the hug, sits where you look to see if you have strep throat. Mm-hmm. Like that section of your mouth, 
How often do you look to see if you have a strep throat? Only when it really hurts to swallow. <laughs> see if I got those white dots in the top of my mouth and I'm like, mom. <laughs> um, so that's, I mean, you do get kind of like an oil content just because there is oils in this, but it's not anything that lingers. Nothing travels to your sinus cavity. Um, I mean, it's just a very straightforward dissipation and nothing follows really. I'm getting a creamy banana. I'm not getting that at really? all. Nope. Like not a not a ripe banana. Like w- one of them when it's really green still. Like have you ever had an unripe banana before where it's kind of like that weird texture and also like it's not that banana like that punch in the face banana flavor? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's I'm, what I'm getting on the back end of this. I'm not getting that. I'm not getting banana pudding. I'm not getting any kind of banana puddings tastings. Nothing. No resemblance of banana. Not even a close nothing about maybe banana. like a banana yogurt i'm getting i'm getting a lot of banana on the back like it's after the gum settles and it's kind of on the roof of the mouth and on the back end of the taste buds that's what i'm getting in it's it's faint but it's it makes, present for I'm, me yeah i mean like goodness gracious yeah but just, for me it's more of like the gum aftertaste your gum to, tastes like banana? No, no, no. That specific gum. <laughs> yeah. The one in the yellow wrapper that's a little small cylinder dissipates after four chews. What is it called? Is, it, is that Bubba Yubba? No. Or it's, Yubba it, Bubba? I think it's just bubble gum. Like the right, the original bubble gum? Yeah, the atrocious pink one. Yeah, like with you, the like yellow wrapper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a small cylinder. Yeah. That gets hard after like four chews and you're like, this is, why did I put this in my mouth in the Correct. first place? <laughs> yeah. That's literally what this tastes like. And yeah. then the, the ending note tastes like the aftertaste of that gum. Uh, that's, that's all I'm getting for it. I'm, and you know what? I'm going to, same thing, B. Yeah, B. Yeah. I would not buy this. Yeah. Okay, so final rating. Give me that countdown. Three, two, one. 72. Really? 72 and 83? Yeah. That's all you, man. I don't know. 76. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the average. Nine nine points difference, so four and a half plus seventy two is seventy six point five. All right, I was close. Yeah, you were. Look at that! Right? All right, all right. Yeah. All right, I was half a point off. There you go. Noise. I'm surprised that you gave it that low. It just really doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. On the way out, I might grab some grass clippings and gnaw on them for a little bit. <laughs> to to me, it's more the story as to why I bought this. I wasn't expecting munch munch. I wasn't lunch? expecting much because it's the French. Munch um, and lunch together. Yeah, but I wasn't expecting a ton. I obviously I like scotch way too much, and this I was thinking it was going to have some characteristics, dude. Every time we record, the sirens outside every single time. You know, I thought this was going to have some characteristics of single, like the traditional single malt that you have. Yeah, even American single malt tries to mirror Scotland in some aspect. This is completely different from absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. I think going back to your point earlier, specifically around the how they got these flavors, comes from the distilling process as well and how different that is from traditional pot stills or sure. uh, column still distillation. But it, it's it's more of the story and it's more of the experience for me to figure out what other countries feel their whiskey tastes like. And if anyone in the comments below has had other French single malts, I don't even know how many there are out there. But let me know if this is a good representation of French single malts in general or if there's something else to try because I do like finding out what other countries have to offer. I'm with you. But, yeah, this is uh, a whiskey that we tried 
I'm happy that we tried it, but I would not buy it again. I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree. It's going to be at this level for the foreseeable future. No worries, man. It is what it is. Oh, yeah. It'll go on uh, probably out here, actually. Yeah, throw it up on the shelf. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, what else, Mike? What else you got going on? You got to go home soon? Yeah, I got another wedding conference and preparations. So this time it's for the rehearsal, not for the wedding itself. So. That's fun. It's going to be busy, dude. You got plans. Uh, So you're all set. You're going to go. You and and the uh, fiancé going to be chilling. Yeah, we're going up to Boston first. Mm -hmm. You better take a sip of that. This isn't going to waste. You got to finish it. Oh, I'll finish it. Yeah. Somehow. Um, We're going up to Boston first. Going to explore the surrounding areas. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where our favorite place is. And it's going to be cool because hopefully the Bruins are still playing. Because right now they're still in the playoffs. God. Which is sick. Did you see the meme about the Maple Leafs mask? Like the COVID mask? Mm -hmm. That's Brandon Maple Leafs? They're like, we're uh, pulling it off the shelves because of a choking hazard. And they're defenseless. <laughs> so they're no longer supplying Maple Leaf masks. I'm like, damn, people are harsh. Dude, they were up 3-1 in the whole series. And Montreal won three straight and won it. <laughs> it's so depressing. They're such – like, it's so bad because it's, it's, Toronto itself, yeah. they're a very good team. Right. And they're, they got some crazy good players mm-hmm. on their team, but they just can't close. This is like, what, the fifth year in a row that they've choked in the first round of the playoffs? It's heartbreaking. As a fan, as such a big fan I am of Boston, I couldn't even imagine going through that. You make it to the playoffs every year and you lose. You choke. And your fans expect that at this point. I mean, it's to be fair, it's basically what the Bills did for four straight years, too. Yeah. But... I mean, we weren't alive for that, so. Correct. Well, we were, but we But at least they made it to the big stage. Like, Toronto can't even get it past the first round of the uh, playoffs. Yeah, I just. And they choke in game seven. They put their fans through (laughs) all of this and then choke in game seven. Right. It's the worst. Yeah. It's pretty sad. Hopefully they uh, get it together. I don't even know what they can do. Get a better goalie? I I have no idea. But the Bruins are killing it. We lost our last game. But we're up. We're tied one-one with the series with the Islanders. It's a good, it's a good series so far. Interesting. Oh, she's leaving. Jesus, why is that? Oh, you didn't close the door when you came in. No. You didn't close the door. You didn't close the door. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, Doesn't matter. Most people already signed off. That's true. I basically did. Fifteen minutes ago, I signed off. I'm like, what can I talk about now? <laughs> My heart rate's so low. I feel like Fitbits are very wrong. Fitbits are a joke, dude. I got one for free through work. It was a disaster. They're like, you've only took you only took like 2,000 steps, and then I got a different one, and they're like, you've surpassed 13,400 steps. I'm like, how was the first one not calibrated? Doesn't even make sense. Well, from what I've read, is Fitbits are the most accurate, because they're made to be fitness counters. You gotta get that whoop strap, dude. I want one. Bad. Also, no free shout-outs. Hashtag not a sponsor. But please sponsor be a sponsor. Us, please. We need cool. something. That'd be cool. Maybe. I would like a whoop strap. What color would you get? Just so you can call it that all yeah. the time. Whoop. Yeah. There it is. Got my whoop strap. You got a whoop strap on. I don't know what color. I don't even know there were color options. They got everything, bro. I'm not really into those. No? Like the heart rate monitors, the old school ones you had to wear around your chest. It was like a pacemaker oh, that was outside of your body. It's just intense. I don't want all that. But did people like actually 
do that for fun. Yeah, like triathletes, like wear it around their chest and then they go run. And they got this thing like bouncing in their sternum. I'm like, why would you ever want that? That's super obnoxious. <laughs> well, this isn't obnoxious. And at least it serves a dual purpose of telling me the time. Right. But yeah, it's just know. staring at me in the face and it's like 65 beats per minute. Like 65. I'm a pro athlete at this point. Apparently, you got a resting heart rate of a marathon runner. I looked at my sleep thing the other night, and it was at like 45. It wasn't that low. I would probably be dead if it was that low. Yeah, I'm going to start calling you Bruce Lee. Right? Every single time I look at that, it's Rip. just like super low. Right. Uh, he's fine. Well, now he is. He's not feeling any pain. Really? Well, yeah, he's dead. Good. Oh, my God. Bruce Lee died? Yeah. When? He died like forever ago. Bruce Lee? Yeah. I think you're talking about someone else. I don't I don't know that he died. That's super sad. Yeah, dude, he died in 1973. Oh, nailed it. What? So, yeah, he was meditating and his heart rate got so low he died. How come I did not know this? You dude, he was born in like 1940. So he was only 33 when he died? Yeah, he was a stud. I know. That's why I thought that he was still alive. No. Bruce oh, that's died. why I knew him by his real name, Lee John Pham. <laughs> Just kidding. I had no idea what that was. <laughs> yeah, he meditated, and he decreased his heart rate so much he died. He entered his chi. See, now I'm seeing right here. In a freak accident, Lee was shot on set during filming when a prop gun that wasn't meant to be loaded fired around into his abdomen. What? We're both... We clearly do not know no Bruce way. Lee is. No way. Dude, if that's true, I went 28 years <laughs> thinking he died from meditating. Now the comments are going to blow up be like, Mike, you're an idiot. Again, everybody tuned out. No way. No way was that his... Died from what? Yeah. Wong Jackman uh, was renowned Chinese martial artist and teacher. He was best known for his controversial duel with Bruce Lee in 1964. Uh, I don't know. Now I'm reading something else. Well, I mean, you can't really trust Wikipedia, but that's where I'm going from. Some people are saying that he po- was poisoned. 32. Come on. The truth about the legend's edema. demise. Cerebral edema. Edema. I don't know. What is that? I don't know. They were able to reduce the swelling through administration in mannitol. The headache and cerebral edema that occurred in its first collapse were later repeated on the day of his death. He had seizures the day he died. They were... Okay. Excess fluid in the brain... Brief hospital stay, he felt better, but then he died. On his release, he promptly resumed his usual fitness regime and continued eating his usual diet, a strictly enforced combination of veggies, rice, fish, and milk that excluded all baked goods. Okay, so here it is. At the 1975 San Diego Comic-Con convention, Lee's friend Chuck Norris attributed his death to a reaction to the combination of muscle-relaxing relaxant medication he had been taking since 1968 for a ruptured disc in his back the antibiotic that was given for his headache on the night of his death so maybe you saw muscle relaxant relaxant and you thought meditation i don't know dude i thought the dude was still alive so what are you what are you reading right now what source wikipedia so oh i'm on all that interesting.com i'm sure all this is false so they're saying that 
at 7.30 in the evening, shortly before they were due to depart, Lee complained of a headache. Ting Pai gave Lee a common painkiller containing aspirin and a tranquilizer. After taking it, he went to lie down. After a few hours, Lee didn't come down for dinner. Ting Pai went up to check on him and found him unresponsive. She called Chow back to the home, and he attempted to wake Lee without success. They were forced to call a doctor, who spent 10 more minutes attempting to re- revive Lee. Unable to recall the martial artist to consciousness, they sent him to a nearby hospital in an ambulance. By the time the ambulance arrived at the hospital, he was dead. So, OD? So nobody knows. Same with Michael Jackson. It showed no died. external signs of injury. An autopsy was performed, revealing that Bruce Lee's death was... a the result of severe brain swelling, a buildup of fluid had resulted in a 13% increase in brain size. There you go. Chow claimed that Bruce Lee's death was the result of an allergic reaction to the painkiller he had been given, and the autopsy report seemed to partially substantiate his claim. The coroner officially ruled Bruce Lee's death the result of a second cerebral edema brought on by taking a quiz. I don't know, I'm not a pharmacist. He called... <laughs> Hydroxychloroquine, probably. <laughs> yeah, really. He called Lee's end... Death by misadventure, which, unlike death by accident, implies that death occurred due to a dangerous voluntary risk, though equagesic was not generally considered dangerous to take, though several subsequent investigations backed up the coroner's report that didn't stop a flood of conspiracy theories. So, yeah. Medication due to pain in his head. Perfect. Ended Ended up killing him. Well, essentially, he died. Well, yeah, an allergic reaction, but he he had brain swelling anyways. At 32 years old. Fascinating. Yeah. We're, like, basically there. We're almost at 32. I was thinking of Jet Li when you said Bruce Oh, Lee. no, Jet, Jet Li's still alive. Yeah. That's why I thought that he was – I was so shocked when he said he was dead. Mm-hmm. But I also thought probably Bruce Lee was – I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm not that smart. I don't know why people think that I'm smart. I'm very good at faking it until I'm caught. And then I'm like, I don't know where I got that information from. Well, it's pretty common. Anyways, thank you all for enjoying this ride. Uh, we appreciate any no support. Your shot. You got to finish your whiskey. Dude. I just took a sip. Uh, you got to finish it on air. That's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows the rules. Um, hashtag not a sponsor. And if you want to become a sponsor, that'd be weird. Or a so tasting. We can have them on. We can one sip, everyone knows the rules if you want. Anyways, Buffalo Happy Hour 12 on Instagram, Buffalo Happy Hour on Facebook, Buffalo Happy Hour on YouTube. We appreciate any and all support. Please subscribe if you are not. I think the latest uh, st- statistics and analytics are showing like 7,900% of you are not subscribed, <laughs> so we definitely need you to. Pretty sure that's accurate. And uh, we will be back next week for another ridiculous episode where we go off the rails. And we do have some interviews coming up to continue our Friday uploads of special interviews with businesses and other people in their respective industries that are quote-unquote not necessarily maybe experts, but by far more educated in their industry than we are. Well, so That's we'll literally talk to everybody that we would talk to. Correct, correct, correct. correct. So we'll just talk to them, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, and also, uh, tonight is, you're already too late by the time that you're listening to this, nerds, but the first of the month post happened uh, the day that we're recording this, June 1st, so if you are looking to make suggestions, first of all, you can do it at any time. It doesn't have to be the first of the month. Just shoot us a message. We just do the first of the month post to encourage it, because we like to do what the people want us to do, you know, but you can do it at any time, and if you don't want to do it at any time and you want to wait for the first of the month post then guess what wait to the next first of the month post july 1st 
I'll probably forget to do it then, though. No worries. All right. We're out here. Chug this. Cheers. Cheers. Let's get it over with. Bubblegum. Good night, everybody. Two tests for the boys. Please remember to drink responsibly, not like we just did. Uh, Be a good person. And Michael. Do not litter. We're out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.